0: A moment ago, you said that you ordered Lieutenant Kendrick to tell his men that Santiago wasn't to be touched. That's right. And Lieutenant Kendrick was clear on what you wanted? Crystal. Any chance Lieutenant Kendrick ignored the order? Ignored the order? Any chance he forgot about it? No. Any chance Lieutenant Kendrick left your office and said, the old man is wrong? No. When Lieutenant Kendrick spoke to the platoon, and ordered them not to touch Santiago. Any chance they ignored him? You ever served in an infantry unit, son? No, sir. Ever served in a forward area? No, sir. Ever put your life in another man's hands? Asked him to put his life in yours? No, sir. We follow orders, son. We follow orders or people die. It's that simple. Are we clear? Yes, sir. Are we clear? Crystal. Colonel, I have just one more question before I call Airman O'Malley and Airman Rodriguez. If you gave an order that Santiago wasn't to be touched, and your orders are always followed, then why would Santiago be in danger? Why would it be necessary to transfer him off the base? Santiago was a substandard Marine. He was being transferred. It's not what you said. You said he was being transferred because he was in grave danger. That's correct. You doctor. said he was in danger. I said grave danger. You said is there I any I recall other- what I, I said. I can have the court reporter read back to you. I know, know what I said. I don't have to have it read back to me like I'm... Why dead the dead? two orders? Colonel? Sometimes men take matters into their own hands. No, sir. You made it clear just a moment ago that your men never take matters in their own hands. Your men follow orders or people die. So Santiago shouldn't have been in any danger at all. should he, have, Colonel you snotty little bastard your honor i'd like to ask for a recess i'd like an answer to the question judge the court will wait for an answer if lieutenant kendrick gave an order that santiago wasn't to be touched then why did he have to be transferred colonel Lieutenant Kendrick ordered the code red, didn't he? Because that's what you told Lieutenant Kendrick to do. Object. And when it went bad, you case. cut these guys loose! Your Honor, you are mortars inside a bony Trance. Your Honor! You doctored the logbook. Damn it the you Consider not yourself in contempt. Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. To you them. want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! <laughs>
1: The main event. I open up with that clip from "A Few Good Men." It's interesting now that the uh, impeachment uh, trial is over and President Trump's been acquitted. How all the how all the uh, the Democrat leaders are saying, "Hey, you know, the acquittal means nothing because we didn't have witnesses, and it's he's impeached forever, and this acquittal means nothing." Although. We noticed that in the in the impeachment trial in the House, the Republicans weren't allowed to bring to any witnesses of their own. And if the Republicans asked any of the Democrats' witnesses questions that that uh, Schiff didn't like, they weren't even allowed to ask those questions. And you could see the difference from that scene from A Few Good Men, my probably single fav- favorite movie of all times, because it's a thinking man's movie and uh, you know I you see the difference when you're actually able to cross examine when you can instead of hey, whatever the witness has said stands like it is, when you start to when but when you start to question them say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, you said this, but now you're saying this and you and you have some smart attorneys that understand the difference between what this person said and that person said it has to has to coincide to find out what the truth is. You see what the difference is when there's actually both sides of the trial. So the Democrats created a, a one-sided trial, no cross-examination, no questions that are hard to answer and no Republican witnesses that can that can uh that can that can contradict stuff that happened. So naturally, what what else would you think? Hey, you got impeached. Yeah, but it was a it was a one-sided, not fair trial. Then all of a sudden it got to the Senate. Oh, wait, this wasn't fair. You didn't call more witnesses. Well they're they're uh they did the trial. All that all that the Senate was supposed to do is just decide based on the trial that you guys impeached him with, does it does it stand on its own? So uh, anyway, I think I think uh, justice was done and I think justice still there's still a lot of justice on the other side that needs to uh, be done. And hopefully it's going there. And uh, I have a lot to talk about what happened this past week. It was a great week for Republicans. It was a great week for President Trump. It was a great week for America. and uh, But before I go into all the details, and I got a lot to talk about in only one hour, um, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are lots of them out there, call me toll free at 855 640 2020. That's 855 640 2020. One last time, day or night, area code 855 640 2020. If you want to talk to me and ask some questions about, uh, real estate financing, whether you want to buy a property, you want to refinance uh, one you have, if you want to pull some money out to rearrange your, rearrange your debts. I am not going to encourage taking money out to, to, uh, just to get into more debt, to go have fun and use your house like a, uh, ATM machine. But if you already have the debt and you want to rearrange it, so it, it makes more sense with your budget. Um, I will encourage it. And of course, if you want to pull money out to go do something foolish, I'll help you. I'm just going to give you my opinion on the way. Uh, or if you're interested in, uh, if you're over 62 and you want to find out the details of that reverse mortgage thing, uh, but you don't want to talk on the phone, go to edhoffman.net. scroll down a little bit. You'll see a summit funding logo, click on it. That'll take you to my lending page and you can put in as much information as you want me to have. And uh, tell me how much information you want back. Eventually, if eventually, if the the information makes sense, You're gonna, we'll be, we actually will talk on the phone or maybe face to face, but you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, uh, Aaron Fredericks, Cody Bradbury, or Brian Goodman, and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. If you hear something you want repeated, or if you wanna share this show with somebody else, you can get the podcast also on edhoffman.net. Go to edhoffman.net, click on the menu, go to the podcast page. And you can get uh, this week's show as well well as several past shows. Uh, You can also get the podcast on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes. And you can have it. uh, And you can actually subscribe on iTunes. I don't know if you can subscribe on SoundCloud, but you can on iTunes. Uh, Just search uh, Ed Hoffman, the main event, or the main event Ed Hoffman. If you put both those in there, you'll you'll find my show, and uh, you can subscribe to it. It'll download automatically once a week when I upload the show uh, on Friday afternoons. You can download it download it from there listen on demand it'll download to your your phone or your computer or your ipad or your ipod or your mini pad or your maxi pad or your puppy pad or uh anything else you can listen to podcasts on there pro- i'm surprised they haven't come out with something that's just a podcast machine maybe they have i just haven't been in uh into those uh into the gadget stores in a while um follow me on twitter at ed hoffman where i uh tweet about current events all week long and, uh, follow the, the, uh, Facebook page for the show is uh, facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. Okay. So, uh, let's get into it. Um, let's get into this, uh, exciting week. Um, let's start, let's start with Monday. I try to do these things chronologically. Sometimes I have to, to blend back and forth because, uh, stuff that happens on, uh, Tuesday is reacted to on Thursday or Wednesday and so uh try to keep everything everything flowing and chronological but sometimes to jump around uh the Iowa caucus was Monday night normally that's a time celebrated as the true kickoff of the uh, election season and uh but as the evening unfolded a string of technical and human errors created chaos delayed the results and more or less made the Democrats look like morons yeah, mostly because they are. Here's what happened. Um, the confusion started when uh, the, all the local precinct captains attempted to send tallies using a smartphone app for the first time and immediately began experiencing tef- technical difficulties. You know how Democrats are with technology. Not too good. Um, apparently, the app, which is called Shadow, I think, um, was written by former Hillary Clinton people um, that built the app. Um, must have been the same ones that also built the Obamacare website for uh, half a half a trillion dollars or something. You know, you can build a website for about fifteen hundred bucks, and uh, but Obamacare one cost half a trillion, five hundred billion dollars. Um, might have been five hundred million, I don't remember, but whatever it is, it was a a gigantic amount, some some ridiculous amount. Of course, uh, I think it was one of the Obamas' uh, family that that got the. Uh, got the uh the the contract and of course it didn't work um same people that uh and those same people are working with the buddha uh campaign so i think i wonder why Buttigieg appeared to come out on top when it all came out i don't know But apparently there's still some stuff happening. So uh, the precinct captains, since the technology didn't work, the precinct captains went to plan B and called the Iowa Democratic Party directly through a hotline backup phone, which was quickly overwhelmed with calls. One precinct captain called Wolf Blitzer while he was on hold for an hour, resulting in this bizarre moment on live TV.
2: Wolf, I have been on hold for over an hour um, with the Iowa Democratic Party. Uh, They tried to, I think, promote an app. Uh, to report the results, the app by all accounts just like doesn't work, so we've been recommended to call into the hotline and the hotline has not been responsive.
0: Have you you gotten any explanation, Sean, Sean, have you gotten any explanation at all uh, as to what's going on?
2: No, I have not. No. Uh, uh, I'm just waiting on hold and uh, doing my best to report the results from my what, precinct. What
0: are you hearing? I know you're listening to a conversation uh, from the Iowa uh, Democratic
1: Party.
2: Um, so, this is a real coincidence, Wolf. I just got off hold just now, <laughs> so I've got to get off the phone to report the results.
0: All right. Uh, go ahead. and Report your results. Can we listen in as you report them, Sean? Yep.
2: All right, let's listen. All right. Okay. Hi. Hello? They hung up on me.
1: What a moron. What a complete idiot. You know, these are the people that run the Democratic Party. What a complete... You know, you've been on hold for something as important as this. You're the captain of the precinct, and you're calling in your numbers. The whole country, the whole world is waiting to see these numbers. You're on hold, and they finally answer, and you stay on on, uh, the phone with Wolf Blitzer because you don't want to... You know, that's more important being on TV with Wolf, Wolf Blitzer. You're, hey, mom, listen to the CNN. My, 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 my voice is on with Wolf Blitzer. And he ignores them, doesn't address them. He keeps answering questions from Wolf Blitzer. What a complete moron. Can you imagine what happens when the Democrats run our country? We'll talk about that more and more as we, as we go on with today's, with today's stuff. So in addition to the results from the app that, you know, you'd think, hey, you get an app. Before election day, do a dry run. See if it works. I don't know. That's just me. I'm a logically thinking guy. I'm not a technology guy. I don't know anything about this stuff. But, you know, before I before I commit to using an app, I try it out a couple of times and just see if I can figure it out. Uh, but anyway, they're not that smart. Uh, in addition to the results from the app, the party also uses photos of results and a paper trail to tabulate the results coming from the precincts. How how advanced technology is that? Uh but as the precinct precinct uh, results came in, accuracy and quality check showed there were some inconsistencies with the reports. Hmm. Does that mean somebody's messing with the numbers? Does that mean cheating? Uh can can we agree it's time to get rid of the Iowa caucuses? Apparently, uh apparently, well, I don't know if we need to get rid of them, but uh it seems to me in 2012. There was some issue with uh, who won the Iowa caucus for the Republicans, and they reported that Mitt Romney won it when, in fact, Rick Santorum won it. So I don't know. I don't know. There seems to be some problems in Iowa. There seems to be some problems with uh, people telling the truth in the Democratic Party. Um, I can think of a whole bunch of races in 2018 that Republicans won. but Oh, but when they recounted, they went way to the Democrats. Oh, we forgot these, uh, these uh, ballots that were in my trunk. Um, so, uh, uh, so even CNN and MSNBC couldn't hide their embarrassment.
0: This is a disaster on every level for Democrats
1: and for Iowa. Michigas for complete chaos and disaster. The phone backup system that they had in place, according to one source, is a disaster. You can't get a response, so they're just starting to tweet out the results. This is starting to look like a debacle.
0: It's staggeringly embarrassing and really unacceptable.
1: And sorry, morning, Joe. Joe Scarborough you moron you and Mika you can't blame this one on Russia just nice try though
2: was there election interference did somebody try to hack into the app was it just pure incompetence it wasn't the Russians in this case it appears to be
3: the Democrats who did it to themselves
1: yeah the Democrats do it all to themselves but they want to blame it on the Republicans or Trump it's Trump's fault he's racist that's the fault that's his fault with the Democrats' super sophisticated smartphone app, it took three full days for all the results to come in now. You know what? Uh, maybe they should have the guys at Amazon write it because I can go on my Amazon app, order, order something from there, and it gets to my house before the end of the day. I think that's pretty cool. Um, so now with 100% of the precincts supposedly reporting on Thursday, here are the Iowa caucus results. Uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, had 26.2%. Um, Bernie Sanders had 26.1%. Um, although when they showed the actual amount of votes, Bernie Sanders was higher, but I guess that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter anyway. Kind of if you, uh, if you did the same thing with the electoral college and popular vote, um, uh, California has so many, so has so many people, but the electoral college, uh, doesn't allow that to get rid of all the other States. Um, be, just because there's so many uh, morons in California. Elizabeth uh, Warren uh, had 18 percent. Joe Biden had 15.8, just over the threshold to even have uh, have any uh, any result from this. Amy Klobuchar, who actually sounded like she was doing a victory lap at on Tuesday or Monday night, uh, she had 12.3 percent. Andrew Yang had 1 uh, percent, and Tom Steyer had 0.3 uh, percent. So uh, out of 2,147. Districts or precincts, I heard there was 1,600 precincts, but there's 2,147 delegates or something. So, 564 for Pete, 562 for Bernie, 387 for Elizabeth Warren, 341 for uh, former President Joe Biden, quid pro Joe, and uh, Amy Klobuchar had 264. I would be embarrassed. I would be embarrassed if I was Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden or anybody below them um, because they lost to... Uh, to a 38-year-old kid uh, who's uh, happily married to his husband, and, uh, and he, he unsuccessfully runs a city, uh, and that's all the experience he has compared to uh, you know, a guy who's been the vice president, Bernie Sanders, who's a, who's a socialist. Uh, I would be embarrassed. I think uh, Trump's going to have a good time with whoever this winner ends up being. He just barely beat uh, Bernie Sanders for the first place, but Pete Buttigieg was giving victory speeches all week long.
2: Looking out at you and remembering how it felt to be an Indiana teenager, wondering if he would ever belong in this world, wondering if something deep inside him meant that he would forever be an outsider, that he might never wear the uniform, never be accepted, never even know love. And now that same person is standing in front of you a mayor a veteran happily married and one step closer to becoming the next president of the united states
1: yeah he's a mayor of a city that hates him um because they have race problems all going all there he's uh he's a veteran i think he was a supply clerk in the uh in the army or something like that he didn't actually do a frontline uh combat and he's happily married to another guy so uh uh you know and he's uh the front runner for the for the presidency. I don't think so. That's Iowa's one little piece. I don't think he's going to get very much support in the following states. Um, but anyway, I know his, his, uh, his polls are surging in New Hampshire, which happens on Tuesday, but we'll see. I don't think he's going to get anything past that. Um, and I'm not sure there's anything victorious about coming in third, but Elizabeth Warren seems to think there is. And she dedicated that victory to all the illegals She apparently has working for her campaign yes really
3: tonight is for every undocumented unafraid organizer and volunteer who proudly knocked on doors to let the world know that the path to progress runs through courage
1: yeah every undocumented and unafraid person who knocked on doors to say hey Hey, vote for uh, Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas. Uh, I just don't, I don't. I don't see how she represents the United States dedicating her third-place victory to that. No wonder James Carville, also known as the Raging Cajun, is scared for the future of his
2: party. This party needs to to wake up and, and make sure that we talk about things that are relevant to people. We don't win elections. Because we talk about stuff that is not relevant. We had a great experience in 2018, and the day after, we started all this goofy stuff. I mean, we're, we're like talking about the, he, people voting from jail cells. All right? We're talking about not having a border. I mean, I'm 75 years old. Why am I here doing this? Because I am scared to death. That's why we got to decide what we want to be. Do we want to be an, an ideological cult, or do we want to have a majoritarian instinct to be a majority party?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty uh, embarrassing, I would think, for the Democrats. I personally think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful to see to see the uh, the Democrats going so far away from reality that the Republicans just look so good. Uh, so on Tuesday. On Tuesday, the president delivered his his fourth State of the Union this week, knocking it out of the park, or the chamber, uh, with a speech that reminded Americans of of the successes he ushered in the past few years. Let's play some highlights. He started his accomplishments on jobs and the economy.
2: In just three short years, we have shattered the mentality of American decline, and we have rejected the downsizing of Americans' destiny. The unemployment rate for women reached the lowest level in almost 70 years and last year women filled 72% of all new jobs added. We are advancing with unbridled optimism and lifting our citizens of every race, color, religion and creed. The unemployment rate for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, And Asian-Americans has reached the lowest levels in history. African-American youth unemployment has reached an all-time low.
1: You know what? You just can't argue with the facts. And life is getting better for everybody in this country since uh, Trump's been in there. And just like last year, most of the Democrats made disgusted faces for the cameras, except for Rashida Tlaib and Elon Omar are two... are two Muslim uh, Congress people that snuck into Congress because uh, we will never forget. I don't know that we will never forget. I think some people in Minnesota and Michigan forgot, but they spent most of their night of the 90 minutes giggling with their phones like teenagers. In fact, one part of the speech that was so triggering to Rashida Talib that she just had to get up and leave the chamber.
2: We have confirmed a record number of 187 new federal judges to uphold our Constitution as written. This includes two brilliant new Supreme Court justices, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh, and we have many in the pipeline. Even the mention of Brett
0: Kavanaugh for me is a trigger, Uh, just as a woman in America, uh, the fact that he, you know, rightfully was accused. I couldn't stand still and and not do anything about it, and I I needed to walk away from that.
1: Yeah, you mean uh, rightfully accused means uh, someone accused him, and even though the evidence showed that no one could or would corroborate it, I guess it just proves he's guilty, and I just can't stand for that. So let's get back to the president. He talked about his accomplishments for health care compared to the doomed Medicare for all plans of uh, most of the Democrat candidates.
2: Before I took office, health insurance premiums had more than doubled in just five years. I moved quickly to provide affordable alternatives. Our new plans are up to 60% less expensive and better. I've also made an ironclad pledge to American families we will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. The American patient should never be blindsided by medical bills. That is why I signed an executive order requiring price transparency. Many experts believe that transparency, which will go into full effect at the beginning of next year will be even bigger than healthcare reform. But as we work to improve Americans' healthcare, there are those who want to take away your healthcare, take away your doctor, and abolish private insurance entirely. 132 lawmakers in this room have endorsed legislation to impose a socialist takeover of our healthcare system, wiping out the private health insurance plans of 180 million very happy Americans. To those watching at home tonight, I want you to know, we will never let socialism destroy American healthcare.
1: Hey, I'm all out of time for this uh, half of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of uh, weather, traffic, commercials, and sports, and we'll be back to discuss this and a lot more. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and finance on the radio because most of you probably aren't interested. If you're not in the, if you're not in the market for it. But uh, some of you might not know, you are in the market for it. If you've got a loan and you want to lower the payment, if you've got a bunch of debt and you want to uh, find a way to cut some of those bills bills out of your, out of your life, if you're over 62 and you'd like to make, uh, you've got a little bit more life left in you than you have money and you'd like to just make your house payment go away, uh, or if you need some money, if you, if you don't have information on it, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time. 855-640-2020 or uh, go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo and follow the instructions. Hey so uh we've been talking about we've been talking about the uh the uh the state of the union speech uh that was Tuesday night and uh we left off Trump giving the uh the the base, basics of what he's what his uh administration has accomplished in the healthcare, uh in healthcare and how he's moving towards price transparency, lower cost pre existing conditions. I said I said uh eight years ago or nine years ago when it uh when it passed, maybe it was ten years ago, it was uh, like two thousand nine. So maybe it was eleven years ago. Um, you know what, I don't mind paying extra taxes for us to have a fund for people that just can't afford and they're 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 in bet ba- in a bad way. They don't have insurance. They don't have this. I don't have a problem with that. But we don't have to pay all kinds of extra taxes and destroy the healthcare system the way it is, because most everybody is most everybody is is happy with it and it seems to work. And instead of completely overhauling the whole system to fix 10% of the people that don't have insurance and a lot of those people didn't want insurance, uh, if we have a fund to take care of people that. Uh, are in desperate need and have a problem. I don't have a problem helping people that that can't help themselves. I have a problem destroying happy people's lives because there's a few people that may or may not want it or may or may not, may not be able to get it. Um, but what everyone's talking about uh, from the State of the Union were this year's guests of honor, a single black mother from Philadelphia with her fourth-grade daughter who Trump awarded an Opportunity Scholarship so she could go to the school of her choice. The democratically elected interim president of Venezuela, uh, who, was in the, who was in the chamber uh, watching this, watching, and I think it was ca- kind of an embarrassment that he's watching the Democrats sit there and disrespect our president while he's sitting there. And, we, and, and he promised our, our support of the Venezuelan people to help them get out of their, uh, their problems caused by socialism. You know, several years ago, they were one of the richest countries in the country because of all their fuel reserves. And then uh, the head of Venezuela decided to move things into socialism, and now the people are suffering over there. And now it's falling apart. And uh, and Trump uh, uh, promised our our uh, support for the people of Venezuela. Uh, there was a mother uh, mother and son who lost lost the child's father to a roadside bomb in Iraq, thanks to uh, Soleimani, who Trump killed last month. Um, a California man whose brother was killed by twice deported illegal immigrant. Uh, and his brother was there and he was crying when he brought up his name and, uh, in making, in making, uh, a point about the sanctuary city and the sanctuary state issues that are going on in this country because, uh, the legal citizens are suffering because of it. And of course our, our great governor of California is one of the, uh, one of the culprits there. One one of the last surviving Tuskegee airmen uh, from World War II and his great grandson, uh, who was there, uh, introduced him that he wants to be part of the Space Force and uh, working through school to to become part of the United States uh, Space Force. The parents of Kayla Mueller, eh, who was killed by ISIS and tortured by Al Baghdadi, who Trump had killed last month, uh, last month or the month before, the month before. Late, late last year, the deputy chief of the U.S. Border Patrol, an Army veteran who overcame drug addiction, is now uh, uh, running his own his own uh, contracting company. A child who was born at 21 weeks old, that's like four and a half months early, and because of our medical technology, survived it. And although the Democrats want to uh, want to authorize women who just don't who want to use abortion as contraception to be able to in the in the delivery room at nine months to say, hey, that that's not a baby in there. That's not a human being. But this one was born four and a half months early and it survived. Uh, An army family from Fort Bragg who reunite reunited with their deployed husband and father during the speech. And Democrats wouldn't even wouldn't they just sat down and, and did that. And uh, just and just disre- disrespected everybody, and uh, and of course Rush Limbaugh, who's been just recently diagnosed with advanced lung cancer, who was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom by the First Lady, and uh, of course the Democrats are are scoffing at that. Um, but it seems to me that uh, didn't Obama give the Presidential Medal of Freedom to uh, who to Jay Z and Beyonce or a bunch of a bunch of people that. Uh, wouldn't you know we don't agree with, but the Democrats disrespected it all. Here are the highlights.
2: Here this evening is a very brave man who carries with him the hopes, dreams, and aspirations of all Venezuelans. Joining us in the gallery is the true and legitimate president of Venezuela, Juan Guaido. Mr. President, please take this message back to your. Socialism destroys nations. And earlier today, I pinned the stars on his shoulders in the Oval Office. General McGee, our nation salutes you. I am pleased to inform you that your long wait is over. I can proudly announce tonight that an Opportunity Scholarship has become available. It's going to you, and you will soon be heading to the school of your choice. I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Rush and Catherine, congratulations. Rocky was at a gas station when this vile criminal fired eight bullets at him from close range, murdering him in cold blood. One of his grieving brothers is here with us tonight, Jody, would you please stand? Jody, our hearts weep for your loss, and we will not rest until you have justice. Sergeant Haig now rests in eternal glory in Arlington, and his wife, Kelly, is in the gallery tonight, joined by their son, who is now a 13-year-old and doing very, very well. To Kelly engage, Chris will live in our hearts forever. Tonight, we have a very special surprise. I am thrilled to inform you that your husband is back from deployment. He is here with us tonight, and we couldn't keep him waiting any longer.
1: Democrats couldn't bother to stand up for some of those guests. The party that claims Republicans are racist couldn't even applaud for a little black girl getting the scholarship. And when the speech was over, well, you know what happened, and... Pelosi just stood up like a like a spoiled fifth grader and tore up the speech in front of everybody looking very un-American, very unpatriotic, very disrespectful. She's a pig. And uh, here's when asked why she did that. Here was her reaction. Why did you rip the speech up, Madam Speaker?
3: Because it was the courteous thing to do considering the alternative. It was the courteous
1: thing to do considering the alternative. She's 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 a. She's an animal. Uh, just a few weeks later, from, or a few minutes later from the White House Twitter account, the White House tweeted out, Speaker Pelosi just ripped up one of our last surviving Tuskegee Airmen, the survival of a child born at 21 weeks, the mourning families of Rocky Jones and Kayla Mueller, a service member's reunion with his family. That is her legacy. And that exactly is her legacy. That and this failed, uh, failed uh, impeachment attempt, and it's disgusting. So it was poetic justice when Trump said Thursday morning at the national prayer breakfast with Nancy sitting about five seats from him.
2: As everybody knows, my family, our great country and your president have been put through a terrible ordeal by some very dishonest and corrupt people. They have done everything possible to destroy us and by so doing, very badly hurt our nation. They know what they are doing is wrong, but they put themselves far ahead of our great country. Weeks ago, and again yesterday, courageous Republican politicians and leaders had the wisdom, fortitude, and strength to do what everyone knows was right. I don't like people who use their faith as justification for doing what they know is wrong. Nor do I like people who say, I pray for you when they know that that's not so. So many people have been hurt. And we can't let that go on.
1: Yep, considering the uh, acquittal was the day before that, I think Trump showed great restraint to speak so delicately and uh, and not get vicious. Because I would, I would have wanted to. He probably wanted to too, but he's at the prayer breakfast. So he's trying to trying to stay. Uh, he's trying to say what he had to say without offending anybody. And uh, at her press conference Thursday, Pelosi came armed with the pages of figures from the Obama administration. That'll show Trump.
3: When President Obama came into office, the unemployment rate was 10 percent. When he left, it was 5 percent. So President Trump did not inherit a mess. He inherited a momentum of job creation. Uh, when President Obama came into office, the stock market was at 6 percent thousand when he left it was at eighteen thousand again momentum that the administration was able to build on not a mess
1: well let's clarify some of that because actually uh when uh when he came into office yeah the stock market was at sixty four hundred and uh because it just came uh, had a stock market crash because a couple of weeks earlier it was at sixteen thousand so and uncertainty makes the stock market crash because people get nervous about what's going on, and the and the uh, the financial system, the economic system, had just melted down because of the subprime uh, subprime mortgage crisis that was created by Christopher Dodd and Dodd Fr- and uh, and Barney Frank and their their uh, conflicted relationship with the uh, the gay lover of Barney Frank at Fannie Mae and something that should have put him in jail for all the money that was lost. And it was coming back from something called TARP, the Troubled Asset Recovery Program, that Bush signed into into uh, enact into enactment on February third, two thousand eight, before the election, where they granted a a grant of uh, up to seven hundred billion dollars uh, to bail out the banks to to install confidence so people wouldn't wouldn't go crazy and thinking that the whole economy is shutting down, and uh, half of it was. Half of it was dispersed in Trump's administration. The other half came in after uh, Obama was in office. And so it was bouncing back from that. Um, It was bouncing back from that. Um, Plus the. uh, uh, So anyway, it's bouncing back from that. Let's go to our next point.
3: During the eight years of the President Obama's presidency, he reduced the deficit by a trillion dollars. Instead, this administration is increasing the trillion dollars. And, of course, with their tax cut, their tax scam for 83% of the benefits going to the top 1%, they increased the national debt uh, by $2 trillion, and therefore they tried to pay, supposed to pay for itself. But instead, they went to Medicare and Medicaid uh, to try to pay for that.
1: Okay, where, where Nancy is trying to, uh, to uh, color the facts uh, if the if the national debt went up two trillion, understand that that uh, President Trump uh, spent two point five trillion dollars rebuilding our military. So actually we went, so we went to two point five trillion plus the money to spending on the wall, plus the tax cuts and we're net two trillion dollars in the hole. But remember, we got something for that. We got a uh, we got a rebuilt military. We got, you know, 500 miles of the of the 2000 mile fence uh, wall built. Um, You got all these jobs because he cut the taxes to the corporations that created the jobs. He didn't spend the money like Obama did. Ten trillion dollars in debt in eight years uh giving it away on ebt cards giving it away on free phones giving it away on to uh companies like solyndra run by his brother-in-law that took 500 million dollars and then just filed bankruptcy giving it away to all this stuff and all he did was give it away hey how about cash for clunkers we're going to give you a forty-five hundred dollars to your for your car when you trade in to buy a new car he didn't. He didn't preface it by saying you have to buy an American car. He just gave it away. Didn't have any any thought process that let's. Where do we want to stimulate the economy? Oh, let's have everybody buy Toyotas and and uh, Hyundais and all these foreign cars. Ah, uh, yeah, but they're built here. Yeah, but all the profits go to a Japanese country or a company or a, or a Korean country. Okay, they leave all those little details out. Trump's bringing uh, private sector jobs back. Let's go to the next point.
3: And when President Bush was president, the job growth was slow. Under President Obama, we gained more than 14 million private sector jobs. And during his presidency, more than, and that is uh, uh, far more in a prorated in terms of years than what this president has created.
1: Well, let's fact check that. Okay, so here's here's really did he make fourteen trillion private sector jobs. I don't think they were private sector. Most of them were government jobs, but according to the balance.com or balance.org, uh eight and a half trillion jobs were or eight and a half million jobs were were uh lost by the by the uh shutdown of the economy, by the mortgage meltdown. Eight and a half million jobs were lost by that. And they bounced back because We installed TARP. We bounced back and so it got the mortgage jobs back and the real estate jobs back and everything related. Understand when the real estate market melts down, you've got realtors, you've got title people, you've got escrow people, you've got lenders, you've got... Home builders, you've got framers, you've got drywall guys, you got carpet guys, you have, uh, you have roofers, you have uh, people that manufacture windows, you have people that manufacture uh, cabinets, you have people that manufacture uh, uh, sinks and toilets and uh, electrical fixers and everybody involved. And then when those people are out of work, they don't go to restaurants. So you got restaurant people and they don't go, they don't go buy more cars. So they got car people, you got everything when the mortgage meltdown stopped real estate. It stopped everything. So when, when all of a sudden you install that all that cash to keep the the banks open and keep everything open, that bounced back and it may not have bounced back immediately, but it bounced back over the next few months and the next few months after that, next few months after that. I don't think you can call that Obama's Obama's uh, accomplishment when you take out what was lost right before he went in and then add back. He's net about eight point. 9 trillion, 8.9 um, million jobs over eight years. And most of those were government contracts as opposed to, as opposed to uh, Trump has created 4.7 million in three years and there are private sector jobs. He didn't hire people to do government contracts. He stimulated the economy and got the private, private industries to invest their money invest their money. Oh, Amazon didn't pay any, didn't pay any, uh, any, uh, taxes last year because he, he lowered the taxes. He lowered the taxes so that the big companies say, Hey, we've got all this cash. Now we're now we're able to keep some of our profits. Let's expand. And they created all those jobs. Okay. And will they, and will they, and will FedEx have to, uh, ha- will FedEx have to pay taxes next year? Absolutely. Did they pay no taxes last year? Yeah. Because they bought a, g- a gazillion, uh, airplanes, from Boeing, and when they bought all those airplanes, it created all those jobs. And you invest in your business, you get a tax write-off the first, the the year that you invest it. Some of it spreads out over a few years, but for the biggest part, you get to expense it that year. You get a tax write-off because you, re- hey, we're bringing in profit, but we invested in all these planes, which are going to last us for 20 years. That's how the that's how it works. Oh, but you know the taxes, the the deficit went up. It went up this year because we rebuilt the military. Um, Let's go to the the last point.
3: We uh, uh, rescued the auto industry and all that that brought back to the economy. And during the administration, more than 20 million people were afforded quality, affordable health care. But in addition to that, 150 million families with pre-existing conditions uh, got a new benefit that enabled them to have access to health care, as well as uh, other benefits of no lifetime limit, no annual limit child is up until 26 years old can stay on your benefit being a woman no longer a pre-existing condition so when he talks about oh i'm going to make health care the fact is he did not he did not inherit a mess he heard a momentum of growth in our economy
1: okay let me let me uh, you got two things there you got the health care thing and you got the auto industry the auto industry that was that was rescued. Obama went in instead of letting the auto the auto industry file bankruptcy and reorganize, and reorganize, and they could have broken their union contracts because you remember the reason that and I'll and I'll and I'll quote Lee Iacocca, who was the mastermind of uh, of Ford back in the '60s and the mastermind of of uh, Chrysler in the '80s. He said in his book, "Where have all the leaders gone?" He pointed out that the reason that Toyota and General Motors make the same amount of cars, and Toyota makes hundreds of millions of profit, and and General Motors loses money, is because of the union contracts. So all the union contracts have have negotiated these contracts that keep people who aren't even working anymore still getting paid, even though their jobs have been replaced, and it and it creates so much higher cost on the uh, on General Motors to build cars than Toyota does because they don't have the union contracts. And, and that's why they're not, they weren't able to make a profit when they filed bankruptcy. They could have reorganized and broken those union contracts. And, uh, like, uh, I'm trying to think a uh, gung ho, I think is the movie where, Hey, the, the, the car company goes out of business and then all of a sudden, Hey, the workers came back and say, Hey, we know how to build cars. Let's redo this thing. And, uh, and they, and they put the industry back together. The American people could have done that. The American auto worker could have done that. But instead, Obama gave 55% uh, percent control to the United Auto Workers, which are the people that created the problem in the first place. Okay? Because. Stupid is as stupid does. Okay, and then on the uh, healthcare, hey, they created this and kids can stay on their on their health insurance to their parents till they're 26. Kids don't ever use their health insurance hardly ever, and uh, and basically destroyed healthcare for people that had healthcare and health insurance. So it's a uh, she. Oh, Obama did this. Obama did that. Obama was a mess. He messed up everything. And if for anybody who thinks that Obamacare was a success, the, all those people that think that. Don't have haven't used any health care. He created health insurance. He didn't create any health care because health care is a completely different thing and it's harder and harder to get any. So let's go on to uh, uh, Trump's acquittal on Wednesday. After five months of repetitive hearings and pointless investigations, the Senate acquitted President Trump on charges that he abused his power and obstructed Congress. As predicted, the votes fell short of the two-thirds margin that would have been needed to remove him from office, coming down almost entirely along party lines, with all Democrats voting guilty on both charges, and the Republicans voting not guilty on obstruction of Congress. There was one Republican that broke with the party to vote Trump guilty of abuse of power, and you know who that is, our fa- our, the famous turncoat Mitt Romney.
0: I take an oath before God as enormously consequential. I knew from the outset that being tasked with judging the president, the leader of my own party, would be the most difficult decision I have ever faced. I was not wrong. The grave question the Constitution tasks senators to answer is whether the president committed an act so extreme and egregious that it rises to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor. Yes, he did.
1: Yeah. When a, a former vice president admits to money laundering uh, money from the Ukraine, taking our taxpayer funds given to the Ukraine and, and laundering it back through Burisma and to his into his son's uh, bank account. That's not a crime. It you know, the crime is asking to investigate it. Uh, Mitt Romney is going to have to uh, face judgment with the people of Utah and uh, and his God, I would think. Um but who cares, what, who cares what Mitt Romney voted Because the president was acquitted And the White House East Room on Thursday He celebrated uh, with those who stood by him
2: And this is really not a news conference It's not a speech It's not anything It's just we're sort of uh, It's a celebration Because we have Something that just worked out I mean it worked out We went through hell unfairly Did nothing wrong Did nothing wrong I've done things wrong in my life, I will admit. Not purposely, but I've done things wrong. But this is what the end result is.
1: With that, he held up the Washington Post that said Trump acquitted, and uh, that was the end of that. He finished up by apologizing uh, to his family who suffered along with him for three years. And uh, it was a great scene, but I'm out of time to play the clip. Um, so catch it on YouTube It was great he apologized for it and, and thanked them for standing by him And you know what, to President Trump, congratulations To the American people, congratulations And I can tell you the rest of 2020 Is going to be a fun thrill ride Hey, anyway, I'm out of time for this episode Of the main event My name is Ed Hoffman, thanks for listening And I'll be back again with you next week the opinions
0: expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, equal housing opportunity.